O oh God, send down upon your people the flame of your Holy Spirit and fill with the abundance of your sevenfold gift the church you brought forth from your son's pierced side. May your life-giving spirit lend fire to our words and strength to our witness. Send us forth to the nations of the world to proclaim with boldness your wondrous work of raising Christ to your right hand. We make our prayer through a Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in union with the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. The Jewish Feast of Pentecost commemorated the giving of the law on Mount Sinai. The Spirit's descent is likely to enact the giving of the new law centered on Christ Jesus. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in their own language. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us, in our own language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. St. Paul's teaching about the varieties of gifts and services provided by the Holy Spirit sends us on a gift hunt in our church experience. What gifts seem most evident to you in our parish community? A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of the one Spirit. The word of the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, Lord. It was evening on that day Jesus rose from the dead, the first day of the week. And the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. My dad died 40 years ago. And when he died, we had a typical Croatian-Slovenian funeral in Johnstown. Now, Tom, don't look so disgusted. I mean, this is a good story. You're going to like this story. Don't, I mean, I've, I've, I'm up to here with this. Anyway, in Johnstown, if the Eastern Europeans have a funeral, you have to serve chicken, pigs in the blanket, stuffed cabbage, and rigatoni. <laughs> what? And if you don't serve pigs in the blanket, chicken, and rigatoni, you're not really dead. <laughs> so they have to exhume the body, it's just a mess. But at my dad's funeral luncheon, we had chicken, pigs in the blanket, and rigatoni. A few days after the funeral, after Daddy was buried, Mom asked me to come with her to pick out the tombstone for his grave. I think I was 32 years old at the time, and that's sort of a daunting task for a, a younger guy, picking out a tombstone. And I was really surprised because my mom, who was, uh, had experienced the depression, was frugal, is the kind word for it, I would often say under my breath, stop being so cheap. But when we went to pick Daddy's tombstone, she was anything but frugal. And she saw in, in, in a catalog, in, in the catalog from that company, they had a black marble tombstone, really big, very expensive, and that's the one she ordered. When she was, we were making the arrangements with this tombstone company, mom insisted that they put on daddy's tombstone, our family tombstone, uh, the words to a, a poem that was given to her and daddy on their 35th wedding anniversary. Daddy died on their 46th wedding anniversary. But, and the words to this poem were, people so seldom say, I love you. 
And then when they do, either it's too late or love goes. So when I tell you that I love you, it's not that I don't think you'll ever, never go, but only that I wish you wouldn't have to. That's on the tombstone. The gospel reading today, the scriptural text for the Feast of Pentecost, talk about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who speaks, the Holy Spirit who gives words, the Holy Spirit who enables and empowers people to say, I love you. There's something about this Holy Spirit. It's more than just the tongues of fire, although the Spirit does give us the words to say. But I think, too, the Holy Spirit opens the ears. Do you remember we have two ears and one mouth? Do you remember that? Two ears, one mouth? You want to write that down so you get it. I see wives nudging their husbands. <laughs> the Holy Spirit empowers and enables us to hear and understand so that we can know what people need if we love them, so that we can know that they and how they are telling us of their love for us. I'm going to read a story, and it's a long story, and those of you who are at home Zooming, this would be a good time for you to get a cup of coffee or maybe anything else. This is a long story. I hope you don't mind. The story was told by Father Bill Bausch. A priest friend of him told of his, his told this story. This priest said that Tom was a 41-year-old man dying of AIDS. His family was in total denial. His parents literally had him locked in an upstairs bedroom, although they did, they did care for his basic necessities, like food and water. The first time I visited Tom in his parents' home, I was brought up to his bedroom. This huge, rather handsome man was now terribly thin and looked lost in his king-sized bed. I bent over to kiss him on the forehead and sat beside his bed. I took his hand and said, now tell me what you want me to know. Tom said with tears in his eyes, no one touches me anymore. I continued holding his hand and let him unravel his story. Eventually, Tom became so ill that it was necessary to hospitalize him. Each day, I would drive over to visit him in the hospital. I would try to engage his mother and father in conversation. Nothing seemed to work. Knowing that it was therapeutic for all of them 
to be able to talk about Tom's conditions, I tried many different techniques. I was successful with his brother and sister-in-law, but the parents had built high walls around their son, around this subject. Meanwhile, Tom's condition worsened daily. After about five weeks, the family seemed to look forward to my arrival at the hospital each day. There were times I spent alone with Tom. He wanted and needed to tell me other pieces of his story. He was a wonderful man who had made one decision that left its mark on him. Apparently, he felt safe with me. I did not judge him. We even found things to laugh at at times. But what came across was that Tom feared that he had been a failure. Though everyone knew him, described Tom as generous, kind, thoughtful, and attentive to others, Tom focused on the mistake he had made. He shared how embarrassed he was. What would others think of him? Tom never gave many details. Never really found out how Tom developed AIDS. Tom also worried about his friends with whom he had pulled away. So many unanswered phone calls and notes. He admitted that he had gone behind closed doors, as it were, to protect himself. He went through waves of despair. He shared the loneliness that all of this created for him. One day, Tom asked me to contact his friend Anna and ask if she would like to visit him. Tom and Anna had been very good friends, but had not seen each other in over two years. Too ashamed, he never told her about his condition. When I contacted Anna, he felt betrayed. Why didn't he tell me what was going on, she cried. I wasn't sure if Anna would even go to visit Tom. The next morning, however, Anna called and asked what time visiting hours were at the hospital. I agreed to take her over when I went for my visit. When we walked into the room, at first both old friends seemed very frightened of each other. But when they embraced, the conversation immediately came out easily. What did I ever do that you cut me off? Anna asked. You didn't do a thing, Tom replied. I was just so ashamed to tell you about myself. Anna said, it doesn't matter to me. I've missed you and have worried about you so much. All Tom would say was, Anna, I'm glad you came. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Tears flowed. 
two friends were reunited. One of Tom's last conversations with, was with his brother. Tom told him, I do have AIDS, but I know that I'm a good person. I hope that you love me. Tom's brother went over to his brother's bedside and embraced him. Yes, he said, I love you. I love you so much. I don't care what you have. I love you you. Tom's father was a holdout. He still remained distant, but it seemed to me that even he and Tom had somewhat repaired their rift by the time of Tom's death. I recall the night of Tom's wake when his father embraced me and said, you know, I wanted a perfect son. For a while, I thought he was a failure. But these weeks in the hospital, I started to learn who my son was again. Oh, I loved him so much. He was a good boy. I'm proud of my son. Tom had died knowing that his father accepted and loved him, and that even when we make mistakes, we can be perfect. The Holy Spirit moves us to tell people that we love them. The Holy Spirit moves us to hear that we are beloved of others, that we are beloved and worthwhile and considered worthy of love. The Holy Spirit speaks to our minds and our hearts. People so seldom say, I love you. And then when they do, either it's too late or love goes. So when I tell you that I love you, it's not that I don't know that you'll go only that I wish you didn't have to. Come, Holy Ghost, Creator blessed, and in our hearts take up your rest. Come with your grace and heavenly aid to fill the hearts which you have made to fill the hearts which you have made. Let the church say amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's service. To stay up to date on the latest news involving our parish, please visit our website at goodshepherd-sc.org.